0: This is Kan Xu, the podcast episode 480 for the week of, let's say, April 19th, 2020. Hello, welcome back once again to Kan Zenshu. The podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site Cons and Shu, we cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. My name is Mike. You may see me around Vegito Ex. Mike is just dandy. So, what do we have for you this here episode? Well, it's kind of like a follow-up to last month's episode. Wish I could say last week's, but last month's episode. Uh, last month we checked in with some of our wiki editors and some of the projects that are going on that were uh, really excited to share with you in the coming weeks, coming months. Got a little bit of a follow up to that here with, a. Uh, Old faces, new faces, uh, old topics, new topics. Uh, so we hope to do some of the usual content, sharing information, just discussing topics that we're you know excited about and love. And at the same time, still giving you a preview of some of that wicked work going on behind the scenes because there's so much going on and it feels like a radio silence from our side when it's the exact opposite. We're just broadcasting into like the opposite direction, the void. So we hope to redirect our attention back over to you here. Who do we have on the episode this week? And what do we have on the episode this week? Well, the first segment is going to be myself and Stacy talking about Amond, one of the henchmen from Dragon Ball Z Movie 3. Yep, that's the topic. Well, it is the topic, but the reason I'm talking about Amond, I've been talking about uh, how I've been working on Galactic Patrol stuff for the wiki. Uh, The Galactic Patrol starts with Amond. You're going to hear that entire uh, backstory that's not in the movie itself, but is actually the backstory for that character and how it appears to be the lore predecessor for the Galactic Patrol. So we're going to walk you through that character and some of the uh, the new original translation work we've done there. After that, new voice for the show, Jay, you may seem around as PSP, going to join me to talk about some of the video game work he's been doing for the wiki. Uh, and not just that, maybe, I, I really hope you've checked this out on uh, his Twitter account. He has been taking the camera out of bounds where it shouldn't belong on some of the PS2 Dragon Ball games and showing you just what exactly goes into the scene composition there and some of the hilarious things he's found. So we're going to chat uh, a little bit about that work and some of those fun discoveries. And then after that, uh, Therese and Heath are going to join me to talk a little bit about what she has been working on for Dragon Ball Super Manga stuff on the wiki and how that uh, some of that's been coming from the website proper and what we're going to port back and forth and what belongs where and why we do things the the way they are and what is the goal for the website moving forward as opposed to what the stuff on the wiki is going to be. And, and it's just a good all around chat. So, uh, it's kind of more behind the scenes stuff in a little bit of a different format from how our episodes, uh, have typically been in the past, but it's all stuff from people who truly love what they're doing, truly enjoy the underlying source material and, and just want to share with you what they've been doing. So, uh, I love those kinds of conversations. I hope you do too. Uh, so without any further ado, let's just get right on into it. So we'll uh, do them in that order. Stacy talking Amond and Galactic Patrol. Uh, Jay talking video game stuff. And then Heath and Terez talking super manga and general wiki shenanigans. And I will see you again on the flip side. Our first segment for this episode, joining me to talk about the miraculous world of almonds. Stacey, Sailor Spaz. hello. Hello. It's the most exciting, uh, most intriguing, most in-depth, most uh, research-heavy challenge you've ever undertaken, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, for a character who I barely remembered from a movie I watched many years ago.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here, I got to set the stage. So you're here to talk with me because I've... I don't know all right, I didn't necessarily task you 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 took the initiative to translate a couple of things. You were also around to translate a couple of things, and so some yeah. of this just kind of like became a bit of like your side pet project alongside me here,
1: yeah, it's maybe it's a similar thing back when you got obsessed with a pool for <laughs> being a random side character that you were just learning everything about right. and now. I have this affinity for almond now
0: (laughs) and it's weird. It is really weird. So here's why the weirdness began. I think I've talked a little bit about this, but I am a big fan of everything that is galactic patrol. So that's not just Jocko and the current arc, but going back to Toriyama stuff uh, with Masakazu Katsura. So that's Sachie-chan. And then that was Gia uh, and just how that all came to be and what it morphed into for Dragon Ball. I just love all that stuff. There's actually more to the story. Uh, Before any of that, there was this random character who had a backstory that sort of was about the galactic patrol but not exactly in that name and then they didn't write all that information everywhere about this character and then a book cited something about it without citing him and here we are (laughs) decades later with you know an actual fleshed out galactic patrol world and that's the kind of thing where it's like all right i'm just gonna keep tracing back and back and back and back and back where does it actually start and i think we found (laughs) the start point for all this stuff finally (laughs) So let me run you through, because you probably don't even remember at this point. Here's all the stuff (laughs) I've looked at for the character Amond, who is one of the... Tullus core members from Dragon Ball Z movie three. And that's another side project I'm getting to is when did they start calling it the Crusher core? Because that's not in the original 1990 material. It seems to have surfaced around 2006, 2008. I forget when exactly, but I digress. So what we've looked at for Amand, obviously the movie itself, (laughs) that's like key, except there's nothing about the character in the movie itself. So we have to go deeper. We've gone to the theatrical book from the 1990 Toei Anime Fair. So that was the that was the the festival that would happen uh, two, three times a year where they would show multiple movies all at once. And this was a special one where they had... It was um, Akira Toriyama The World. It like, had a, a special sub-name to it because all of the animated works they were showing were Toriyama. So we had Dragon Ball Z Movie 3, we had Kinosuke, and then we had uh, Pink, uh, all anime adaptations of Toriyama material. Now, obviously, DBZ Movie 3 was not Toriyama. I mean, he designed the tree and stuff, but it wasn't based on his work. The other two were, but it was just like all Toriyama. So the movie pamphlet for all of those works, I have that. We looked at that. Separate from the attendee pamphlet, they made a an entirely different book called Akira Toriyama, the world anime special. Now, please note that this is different from Akira Toriyama, the world special, <laughs> not confusing at all, <laughs> which is a different art book. So <laughs> this book was kind of like a, an, an, a guidebook for the entire thing. So it was uh, character designs and full synopsis summary for all the movies and uh, full color artwork, all that stuff. We looked at that. Uh, then we moved on to a little more uh, kind of like traditional stuff. We looked at Daisenshu 6, which is movies and TV specials. It just goes through all the movies. Uh, Daisenshu 7 pulled out uh, Amon's character biography out of there. Looked at the film anime comics. So this is what we might call an animanga. This is screen captures put into comic book form. And there's usually at the beginning and end, uh, their character biographies and credits and that kind of stuff. We've looked at the, <laughs> the, Cardass card for Amon from the mid-90s because the back of the card had character biography stuff on it. Those are just the books that we want to have. (laughs) I've been sending you Video game stuff as well. I want to give a shout out to the Grim Knight on Twitter. I put an ask out there. It's like, hey, anyone who plays Dokkan, can you send me Amon stuff? Not only did they send me stuff, but they sent it all in its original Japanese, which was incredibly helpful and exactly what I needed. So in terms of video games, we've looked at Dokkan Battle, and I've looked at all four of the Dragon Ball Heroes home ports. So that's Ultimate Mission, Ultimate Mission 2, Ultimate Mission X, all in 3DS, and the World Mission on Switch and PC. So now that I've said what we have covered, (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) what we have not covered. So we haven't looked at anything in V-Jump, and there's a very good reason for that. And that's because by the time V-Jump started, they were already starting to promote DBZ Movie 6. They had missed all of these previous (laughs) movies. So there's nothing in Mm. V-Jump about this character, as far as I can tell. That's really good, because I can just strike that off the list. One thing I also have not looked at, but I may have just found immediately prior to recording is was there anything about DBZ movie three characters in weekly Shonen jump alongside Dragon Ball's original serialization? There probably is. Uh, I should, Probably ask Keith if we have anything from that era. But we know that they did bios for other characters, like the Movie 5 characters, where uh, in their Weekly Shonen Jump profiles, we did get extra information about them. Uh, There may be something like that for the Movie 3 characters. But after going through that list, I can pretty confidently say it probably doesn't say anything we don't already know, right?
1: Probably. I could take a look at it, but... (laughs) I mean, I think all of the information about this guy is probably on this wiki page already. (laughs) 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 All
0: right. So... Just talking about the character in general is basically what a lot of the normal biographies do. They'll say things like he has a scar on his cheek and it goes all the way down to his chin. He has braided hair. He has horns on his shoulders. They're the kind of general, just whatever, like observational things that they'll say about the characters. The key things that we want to talk about here as it relates to just like fun background information, not in the movie, but also setting up the Galactic Patrol. Stacey, so if you can, I don't know if you have it up right now, but if you can go to the, the wiki page for Amond that I have and then click on the, um, the image that I have there from the pamphlet with all the, the bios for um, the five henchmen, could you read for me what Amond's bio says? I guess read it in Japanese and then we'll uh, we'll take the English.
1: So the description that we have for Amond reads in Japanese as... Moto So basically what we have about him there is that he had been he was a dangerous criminal going around the galaxy, had been Arrested by the the Space Police Organization and then jailed on a planet called Nuts. And then when uh, Tullus attacked that planet, he broke out and he became one of his allies.
0: Right. And this is uh, not in the movie. (laughs) So (laughs) you have no idea that this is who this character is. And we should say that all of the characters have these equivalent kinds of biographies like they're all from a planet or have a story and this is how they got roped into the gang. None of it is in the movie at all. Yeah. Just some uh,
1: background information that you'll never see, I guess, unless you were but at the event and got the brochure that they gave out.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Right. So now this bio, the, this information about him and the key stuff here is that he was a criminal uh, rampaging around the galaxy uh, picked up by this so-called space police organization. And at some point I can talk more about the, the actual words and how those change over time for what the organization is. Uh, And then planet nuts which actually falls in line with all the rest of the the name puns for everyone, which is great, Tullus attacks and he gets broken out and then they, they become best Nakama.
1: Yeah, everybody's Nakama. It, it even <laughs> says not na- If you listen to the Japanese, it says Nakama in there. <laughs> <It does. laughs>
0: so this is really cool information. And as far as I can tell, this is in three, potentially four places. It's in, so what you just read from is the the smaller pamphlet, just the, the regular attendee kind of thing. Uh, all of the different fairs had these. You've probably, uh, maybe if you've seen them at conventions or on eBay or something, um, they're kind of like front to back. Um, it'll, it'll have all the different movies in a row it's they're all like a cardboardy kind of stock it's all full color they're really nice so his bio that says all this is in there his bio that says this is also in the akira toriyama the world anime special (laughs) booklet which is the larger booklet that covers all all three of the things from this fair this bio information is also on the back side of his 1994 Cardass characters collection card (laughs) 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 Which... Like, well, I guess that's a good place for it because what else are you going to write on the back of the card there? That's pretty good. But what's neat about that is that was four years later. So that information was still kind of like cycling around in their collective heads, I guess, for like, what do we include for the character here? And then one thing I mentioned was I haven't checked out to see if there's anything in regular Weekly Shonen Jump that says something like this. I may have just found one image that is that. And if it's not that, it's a a very equivalent kind of thing that does say the same information about being a criminal all Planet Nuts, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's neat background information. I don't know what else I can say about it other than, well, this is the, the baseline precedent for the Galactic Patrol. And I'll give you a little couple more tidbits on that as we move forward. I do want to talk briefly special attacks for Amond, and that's because the movie, all we get is this very nebulous, did he fire the Kienzan or did he reflect it? Yeah. <laughs> the guidebooks seem to say that he reflected it, even though it's a different color when it comes back. That's always really bugged me about that scene. I feel like... From the first time I saw that movie, I never truly understood what happened in that scene when he fires the Kienzon. So I needed the guidebook to clear that up for me. But the reason I want to mention the attacks is because we have stuff from Heroes. Uh, we have stuff from Dokkan that I'm very gracious that we received. But there's also stuff on the back of his Cardass card there. And one of the attacks is. Word for word, Kanji for Kanji, one of the attacks that gets used later on in things like Heroes. And I just think that's a, a really cool attention to detail by the the Bandai Namco programmers and writers and all that. And that's the Universe Wrecker. So this is Uchu no Kowashia.
1: Yes, it's on this list. Yeah, <laughs> he has a list of many attacks,
0: despite, he does. They're all <laughs> despite like...
1: not really yeah, having anything really that distinctive in the movie itself but he has like
0: you would think one of his attacks would be he on reflection but apparently that's (laughs) not on the list here
1: yeah he's got like i don't know eight or so other attacks listed for him from various video games and that do various things. And I, yeah, you know, I translated a lot of those and I was kind of like, I'm not really sure how these games work. So I hope these explanations make sense.
0: <laughs> they do. They make sense. Yeah. Universe, universe record. This was at least in heroes. This is when the player's team uh, falls below 50% at the end of the round. The enemy team's hero energy is reduced by three. So, I mean, it's just one of those kind of like push and pulls in heroes, but the fact that they took the exact name of it from, you know, 20 years prior, I think that's really cool and uh, good attention to detail.
1: They were keeping track, at least. They had the information somewhere or somebody checked it.
0: Uh, I don't know what else to say about attacks other than that one. I mean, his primary attack is Planet Bomb, and they seem to be very consistent with that across all the games. By all the games, I mean Heroes and Dokkan, really. (laughs) I mean, that's all there is for him. Uh, But I guess going back to the movie itself and his performance, so he's played by one of my favorite voice actors, uh, and I think he has one of my favorite names, too, and his name is Banjo-Ginga. And I think uh, (laughs) a name of Ginga is very appropriate for a character like this. It all lines up. Up. Great. Uh, and I want to talk about this for two reasons. One is he has a voice quirk. I don't know if it's really a quirk because he only uses it once in the movie itself. Uh, but then we have a comment from Ginga himself. Uh, but I do, let, I guess let's start with that quirk. He uses, uh, instead of the regular des or desu, uh, he <laughs> says desay. Uh, I'm going to play a clip of Amon from DBC Movie Theory right here for you to hear that.
2: Tare sama, yorokobi kudasai.
0: And Stacey, what can you really tell me about Dese? It's just it's a it's a kansai thing.
1: Yeah, from what I looked up, because it's not one that I was really familiar with, so it is part of kansai dialect, but it's not like not like the most common thing. Apparently, it's only certain certain subsections of the kansai region where you'll hear people use this. Because like when I was looking it up those. You know, even here looking at questions by native Japanese people, like, well, I'm from Osaka and I've never heard anybody say this. So where do people <laughs> say this? <laughs> yeah, and some yeah. other people are saying, oh, well, it's more in the southern area of the prefecture, not really in the city. And it's more it's kind of an equivalent of like like saying desu, like adding a bit sure. of emphasis to it rather yeah, than yeah. just a regular "des." But yeah, that's pretty much what I found out in my research into this uh Little speech quirk of his, and it's just one of those things. Like, you know, how did they decide to just have this character randomly do this one speech quirk? That thing. Yeah. I don't think I. I haven't watched it in a long time. I don't remember if like there's any other kansai dialect quirks in his language. I don't, or if it's like just that one thing, I, I'd have to go back and uh, exactly. watch some yeah. of it. But like, I don't remember that, but it's also been a long time since I watched the movie. But
0: I looked through all of his lines. He only has like three in the movie.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so he,
0: the he only said yeah. to say once. Well, we've done what we should have done in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> we actually stripped out the dialogue and listened to what they said.
1: Went and made informed opinions instead of going, I think this is how it was, but I don't really remember.
0: <laughs> this is what I remember. I, I know I did the one line. All right. So, Stacy, uh, I pulled out all, like, five of the <laughs> lines from any of the henchmen here. Uh, Amond probably has the most, I guess. What can you tell me now actually listening to their dialogue from the film about uh, Amond, the way he talks?
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, I also went back and like kind of quickly watched through the scenes just cause there was, you know, it's only a few minutes worth of time.
3: Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I mean, he seemed kind of like the de facto leader of the minions on this mm-hmm. watch, which I wasn't really, sh- I couldn't really remember what his role was before, just that he was one of them, but. So yeah, going back and listening to all of his dialogue, he does use that say speech quirk. At the end of many of his sentences, like including the "desse" that we mentioned, but also he when it the verb ends in "mas," he also do "masse," and he also mm-hmm. even did a "kudasai" as a kudase Kudasse, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Which, like, he didn't do that every time he said it, but he did it one of the times, and it <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, that's that's different. And you know, I kind of looked looked more into the dialect and. Yeah, it seems like the, the desse is more common. The Masse and the Kudase, you don't hear mm-hmm. as much as are definitely a bit more, more archaic sounding from what I was getting from people reading online. And even some were saying, if you say stuff like this, it sounds like fake Kansai, Ben. So watch out. No. <laughs> <laughs> but like the rest of his speech, I didn't hear anything that really sounded like Kansai, any other of the common things that I've been in there was like just that sentence ending so mm-hmm. I don't know they just they just decided let's give him this little quirk that makes him just sound a bit different than everybody else <laughs> Uh
0: anything real quick about anyone else in there uh I mean <laughs> the easiest one's Kakao he just goes da <laughs> Yeah
1: da <laughs> <laughs> Yeah uh he just doesn't talk <laughs> Um, the other... I I wasn't paying too much attention. They seem to all be pretty standard kind of rough guy yeah, Japanese, yeah. but...
0: To my untrained ear, that's what I heard, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I guess, you know, it's just they're all... I guess they're all from different planets, so they decided to give the one guy a <laughs> thing that distinguishes him, but... <laughs> but, yeah, that's... It kind of brings up one of those questions of, you know, in translation, like, how how much should you distinguish... The characters if like they have you know just little speech quirks that aren't really possible to make a one-to-one translation like we don't have any equivalent of that in English so like you know should you put something in there that indicates that he's speaking differently or just translate it as a standard way since it's not really a big one on this one so
0: and just kind of let the performance shine and shine through in that case
1: yeah I think maybe if it was someone like speaking full Kansai Ben there would be some case for like you know mm, giving yeah. him some different sort of sounding accent in the subtitles but since it was just like one little sentence ending quirk it didn't seem like it was really possible to do it in a way that wouldn't be super awkward so <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and it doesn't seem like the kind of thing to really waste your time yeah, <laughs> in like mulling over, trying yeah. to get a subtitle script done. Just checking out uh, Steve Simms' translation from the Ultimate Uncut Edition release of the film. He just played it pretty straight in, in the translation, and I think that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so in this case it does. It's just one of those things that you think about sometimes, like, hmm, what things are big enough to distinguish it in the English where- versus other things that's like, well, you can't really – I mean, like even in Dragon Ball, you've got even like you know, characters like Goku who have a uh, definitely don't speak standard Japanese, but <laughs> mm-hmm. like even down to like you know what pronouns people use for them. Like there's so many different personal pronouns in Japanese that you can't really distinguish in English at all because you just have yeah, I yeah. and me and that's it. Even if you have thirty different ways to say that in Japanese, you have one in English. <laughs> it's just a fascinating subject. <laughs> that probably there's not much you can do about it when you're talking about subtitling a Japanese children's movie. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, you know what? I'm glad we did this because now we can concretely say, all right, we listened to all the lines and now we know what we're talking about. Yes. So thank you for joining me for this uh this record scratch insert <laughs> somewhere along the way in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> however uh another thing you just recently translated for the wiki page here is uh, a comment from ginga himself banjo ginga uh yes. this is from the akira toriyama of the world anime special and i gotta say that i was really pleased with myself because i could read the vast majority of this because <laughs> it just starts with "Ha, or samaga sama ga amondese <laughs> like yes. he's, he's playing it up
1: <laughs> yes he uses say more in this quote than he does in the actual
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I mean, there's not much to the quote. I, yeah, can, it's just
1: kind of he's playing up the character, saying he's strong, but he's also not a pleasant dude. So, <laughs> and you should all watch it and enjoy the movie, etc.
0: <laughs> I, I didn't. I mean, obviously, I wasn't going to translate this, but uh, I thought it was interesting the way you translated it is consistent to the Japanese where whatever the phrase is for to be Frank, he does use that verbatim twice in a row, which is kind of weird. Yeah,
1: I know. I, that's what I was also trying to think. Like, does the characters use that which is to be Frank, that's another thing I don't remember, but I guess I could go and check his three lines also <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to true. see if he, like if both the DSA and the to be Frank were things that the character said, and he just used them in this small little quote as a, I don't know, to, hey, look, these are the quirks of my character. These are all the special things about my character <laughs> that I can show <laughs> to you.
0: Right. Man, uh, the only other interesting thing, Amon, his battle power is 9,100. There you have it, folks. Uh... That is. <laughs> you need to know. So the, uh, the pamphlet for DBZ Movie 3 comes with a two page or is it three page battle power spread with a whole bunch of numbers, a whole bunch of characters. And those have all been cited in the battle power guide on Zenshu. I don't know what else we really want to say about Amon here. I mean, I'm I'm appreciative that you translated out all the attacks. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll have to double check if any of these have been localized in a world mission over here in English. Mm -hmm. Um, to see what they use for some of these. Uh, We did match up, I think, one of them with whatever the Dokkan version was. It was like a word choice kind of thing, like they meant the exact same thing. So we we just went with whatever Dokkan used. Uh, We want to be relatively consistent or at least cite what the differences are on those. So that all being said about Amond, I do want to take that over to now uh, the Galactic Patrol a little bit. So we gave you this character and his backstory and these three or four places that it's cited. It's really interesting that Dazenshu 6 has little character profiles for all these characters and doesn't say any of this <laughs> <laughs> at all. It's just the, you know, he's got the braided hair and the scar, that kind of thing. And they're, they're all like, oh, he's the the giant or... Uh, Kyojin, uh, I don't remember how you translated that for everything everywhere, but you know, he's, he's, the big one on the team. Like, yeah, I, I can see that. That's yeah. Yeah. He's the big <laughs> dude. It.
1: That's all you need to know, I guess.
0: <laughs> and then we get to Daisenshu seven, which just has, you know, constant little character bios and all sorts of expanded citations on things. So let me jump over to that page for that citation. So Daisenshu seven, this is on page 44. Uh, has this just little kind of like a throwaway line. And if you know Jocko, this is probably going to sound really familiar to you. Uh, the line here says, A galactic police organization exists in the universe. However, they lack the fighting ability to oppose Frieza and the science. Now, Jocko says something like, well, we don't take on these people and our extinction bomb doesn't work on them. So it's kind of like, oh, you know, they pulled kind of like I say they, you know, Toriyama, who knows what notes pass around to, to who at what point. But the really neat thing here is I think they pulled this space police organization or this galactic police organization from Amon's bio, which is far as I can tell, isn't actually cited anywhere in the Jai series itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we only get the citation for this Galactic Police organization. And like, this is where the Galactic Patrol starts. And it's so haphazardly cited across its own internal media. And yet it's all right there.
1: Yeah. So the first, the very first mentions of are just basically in a minor character's bio and they kept that, I guess they held on to that idea and just decided to flush it out later is what it, what it
0: seems like. Uh, I guess. So I do have the the Japanese here. Um, mm-hmm. The reason, you know, what word do we do? Do we do space or galactic? It's Uchu Keisatsu Kiko. So that's the space or galactic police organization. And the name for that changes over time, too. So you think about... Um, in the current arc, we, we learn there's a predecessor to the Galactic Patrol. Uh, and then even beyond that, in episode of Bardock, Chill just says they're, they're posing. He doesn't say they're posing. <laughs> they are posing. And he says they are members of the space police, just Uchu Keisatsu. So it's like mm. words are, are falling off or not being used here and there. It, it's just so bizarre to me that by the time we get to Jocko in 2013, this Galactic Patrol has been established, but no one really knows that it's been established.
1: Yeah. yeah, it's been in the background the whole time and you just didn't realize it <laughs> or just saw some mention, small mentions of it, but didn't really yeah, seem yeah. like much, you know, much what background was behind it. But then later it got all fleshed out. <laughs> and
0: uh, I kept having this fever dream where it was the it's early on before they actually take off to go to Namek, where they come across the space orphans like i really kept thinking that something about the space police organization was mentioned in there and i got to tell you i have watched those couple episodes front to back i've been hmm. searching through the closed captions nothing exists in those episodes about this i don't know hmm. why i was under the impression it was there uh, and i'm pretty sure i've looked through the rest of the dialogue throughout the entirety of the dragon ball z tv series i don't think it was mentioned anywhere in there. So it has to all be traced back to Amand. So now, Stacy, mm-hmm. what are you looking forward to as you are now tasked with learning everything about dyes and cacao?
1: <laughs> yeah, all the rest of the the rest of the members of the Crusher Corps. <laughs> um <laughs> I guess we'll see what if they have any interesting details and quirks about them and anything that could be you know, extrapolated to like, oh, this this is referencing something else. Or if right, they're right. just really just now these are just one off characters and we don't really have much interesting in their bios other than. Some detail, background details about them that we didn't
0: bother to put in the movie itself. (laughs) Yeah, like planet names, we're gonna have some of those. But yeah, you're right. It's gonna be all right now. If we truly do look through all of these books, is something gonna say something about an accent? Are they gonna say something about a tie to something else? Is an attack gonna have a precedent in the 1994 trading card that we didn't know? Uh, And that's the kind of stuff that keeps me. I don't know if excited is the right word, but walk 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 walk. Hungry, hungry. Uh, um, I'm always hungry for this waku waku. Uh, it's it's just neat seeing, I guess, from the the Phantom side, seeing how they've also tried to adapt on the production side. Like we wanna keep things as consistent as possible is there a precedent for something is there an attack name that's been used before can we reference that and then they're probably wondering like is anyone ever going to notice this well in the year of our dende 2020 banda yes i have noticed that you kept amon's special attack <laughs>
1: The the wiki will bring out everything.
0: That's right. Um, So while I have you here, what other random little things (laughs) have you translated? I kind of even can't remember. Something I talked about, I think, last time on the podcast was you know, we have the translation section on the website and that's great. And I love that for what it is, but we're also doing a lot of kind of like new original translation work on the wiki too. Like it'll be a character profile like this. It'll be, you know, a comment from Ginga like this. Uh, Is there anything else you can think of that you've gone in and been asked about?
1: It's hard to remember because sometimes it just comes up quick and then just do it and then it's on the wiki somewhere. Um, I know. I mean, I know there's some other ones, like you mentioned, the other members of the Crusher Corps that I will get to working on, and some other characters who need their all their attack names translated, like Ozoto.
0: <laughs> Ozoto, <You're> right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Ah, I wish I could remember. An example of something i did recently but i (laughs) i
0: can't think Uh, i'm gonna click the contribs link on your wiki profile to see what you've directly done on the
1: wiki yeah it's been a while since i've done much in there but sometimes some things i've just done like in the discord like just straight up like somebody asked hey what's a what's going on here? And then it <laughs> gets translated and somebody else, probably Torres puts it into the <laughs> wiki somewhere.
0: <laughs> it looks like you did something for Dragon Ball volume F. I think it was Toriyama's comment, um, something yeah. in there. Um, so yeah, some
1: just sorted
0: Something about Frieza's organization, something from Fusions. So probably character mm-hmm. bio, something like that. So you're all yeah. over the place. Yeah, I'm
1: kind of just wherever people ask for help. And I mean, I know there's still a lot of stuff to do for the site proper, like, full on interviews and stuff like that. It's just hard to figure out where to start because there's so much
0: backlog. <laughs> I know. Well, let me ask you from a translation perspective. Do you yeah. do you find it easier, do you like it more, do you have any kind of preference where it's like, "All right, here's a three-line bio. Like what is your process for doing something mm-hmm. like that versus, all right, I'm going to sit down and do this four-paragraph interview?" Do you have a yeah. preference and like is there a different approach between those?
1: Um I mean, both both kind of start out the same, like, just first kind of read through the full content of it and yeah. kind of get an idea of the full picture before trying to just start translate line by line because sometimes that makes it harder to do if you're just, like, trying to do each piece individually and not really sure where the whole thing is going. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the approach is pretty similar, I guess. Um, probably with a longer interview, I would take more time to, like make it read more like a dialogue. Sure. Whereas some yeah. of the short, like just bio stuff, it's like pretty, pretty straight translation without much, you know, localizing or changing any of the words too much. Cause it's just, you know, the pure information yeah. that you're just trying to get across. So, but if it's like people talking in an interview, you want it to sound like a real conversation. So there's a more, more care put into like word choices mm. and stuff like that. And, you know, trying to make sure the whole thing stays consistent with itself. Like, you know, if I translated this word like that mm-hmm. before, then try to make sure I'm not choosing a different word for the same thing later. If it, you know, if it's a long interview and I might lose track of <laughs> what exactly I said before. But
0: yeah, that tracks with stuff that Jake and Julian have talked about, too, where it's like when you're especially if it's a one on one kind of interview where it's. Toriyama has a voice to him, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Koyama has a voice to him and you want to be internally consistent within the same interview and maybe even interview to interview about the way they talk. Um, You're going to be the Torishima master, I think, because you've done some of his stuff.
1: Yes, I did a long... A long Torishima, and I think at some point I started another one and then I got sidetracked. So maybe I'll get back to that one
0: at some point. <laughs> Inadvertently taking the really long ones and you don't realize. Yeah. It.
1: Well, like I think one I was like, yeah, I'll do this. And then I then I looked at the whole thing. It's like, wow, that's like super. <laughs> <fun."> <laughs> like, um, and then it just at that point it became easier to look at some of the well, what's some short, you <laughs> know, bio <laughs> things that people want for the wiki and stuff. <laughs> I'm still helping. I'm still helping. Yeah, I'm still contributing, but maybe I'll eventually finish some of those longer ones that I (laughs) committed myself to and then regretted as I was like, well, wow, that's going to take a lot of time, but I will make This isn't make me putting
0: you under the radar. I'm just, you know, casually asking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just in case anyone else is kind of wondering, like, no, oh, Mike, you're so hard on everyone. <laughs> no. <laughs> no,
1: no, no, I'm, I'm I'm harder on myself than anybody else is going to be.
0: <laughs> then uh, this is something I kind of ask everyone. Is there anything that you see people working on or talking about that you have found? I mean, other than Amon, which obviously is the, the, the highlight of all of our lives. Oh, yes. Is there anything kind of cool that you've seen people working on? they're like, oh, I can't wait for people to see that. I
1: don't know, there's just, there's a lot of discussions. I kn- I think everybody's mentioned it, who's been on the podcast. Like there's all these discussions that you don't see that are just fascinating about like all the, all the little details. Like people find like someone was like in the Budokai games, like background characters uh-huh. in the audience. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I think you might do a uh, segment on that at some yeah, point. Seven, the, <laughs> yeah. Like just you know, taking screenshots of the audience saying, well, this character looks like they could be from Naruto. This one looks like they could be from Jojo's and just, that was kind of an interesting thing to look at and like trying to figure out, no, oh, who are these characters supposed to be? Cause they don't necessarily all look exactly like themselves. Yeah, like
0: bootleg versions <laughs> of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> I guess 90s Hong Kong knockoff versions.
0: Exactly. <laughs> but I think yeah. that's just a great example of, which hopefully you'll hear about soon of, you know, I, I intend to go in and do this and it turns out, nope, I'm actually doing this over here instead. Like, oh, I was just going to take screenshots of this, but actually I found this. So now I have to go make this entire page. And that's kind of like the, the blessing curse, double-edged sword of everything we do.
1: Yep. <laughs> now I know entirely too much about this guy who before I just thought was a big red guy with weird pants <laughs>
0: <laughs> he still is.
1: Yeah, he's still that, but he's also other things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stacy Sailor Spaz, what do you got going on? Um, you want to plug? You've been doing some podcasting lately, haven't you?
1: Yeah, I have. Uh, other, well, I guess I have a group of friends that we do podcasts together. Uh, the whole network is called the, the Annie Bros Creative, and I host one called Fujoshi Trash Talk on that, which is about BL and yaoi and stuff like that. And then I also often am a part of Real Japan, which is a podcast my husband and another friend of ours host that's about uh, live action adaptations of anime and manga. And usually the results are, uh, well, if you've seen any live action adaptations, <laughs> you kind of know, exactly what they are. You kinda know <laughs> that, you know, but we try to make the best of it. <laughs> if a movie's fun, if it's at least fun, then right. yeah, you yeah. Know, we have a good time, even if it's cheesy and bad. No, technically.
0: All right. Good deal. Well, thank you for joining me and uh, we will talk again soon. Thanks for having me. So joining for first time on the show, uh, I love having first time people on here, Uh, just new new voices to the show. I love that. But also one of the like secret hard workers that hasn't had a chance to shine yet Uh, may seem around as PSP on Reddit and Twitter and other places. Jay, welcome to the show, man.
4: Hey, just glad to be on here. Very excited.
0: (laughs) Tell me a little bit. So you got recruited on. Uh, I think we all kind of collectively agreed like, oh, man, he's writing cool things and those and uh, video games. Oh, please come work with us.
4: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, that was about last year, I think. Uh, It was really exciting to me because, you know, I've always been a big fan of uh, Kinsenshu. I'm on your translations site, like literally all the time, especially on Reddit where people post questions and all of that. And so to have that offer extended to me was, uh, was super awesome. But, uh, the first time, you know, showing up on there, it was, it was really interesting because I came on and I was like, so what do I start writing about? And you're just like, anything.
0: (laughs) Pick something. (laughs) What do you like? What's, what's, uh, you know, like what's your, if you have, um, you know, a a shtick or, or something you're, you're into, or it doesn't even have to be that. If you wanted to like write a bio, like we basically are just, whatever you want to do. Like we have, whenever we recruit someone, we have this, like, I'd love for them to work on this, but we also will just kind of take anything. But I think you've found your niche on the wiki for sure.
4: Definitely. Definitely. Well, cause I've always been a big fan of uh, video games, especially uh, as you can probably guess from my handle, PSP portable video games. Cause uh, I have a large family and honestly, I didn't have access to the TV 24 seven. It's always a fight to get on there. Uh, so, you know, while Everybody's, you know, watching the shows. I'll be able to go on handhelds and play games, and that's really where I got a lot of my early introduction to like Dragon Ball Z. You know, through I think Legacy of Goku is my first Dragon Ball Z game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those who don't know, I'm I'm a young and I guess
0: just <laughs> gonna say like I was a uh, working adult when that came out. <laughs> <again.
4: laughs> uh, but so going on to uh, the wiki site, and I really. I just started on, uh, the Taiketsu page. I think that was my first, uh, page. And yeah, so the American video games are probably, you know, the most interesting cause it, it's just weird, you know, uh, seeing Dragon Ball handled by people outside of your normal, you know, Japanese game developers and seeing them come too. Uh, and I really got into, you know, looking deeper, like into the code and, uh, playing around with codes and ripping textures and stuff. Uh, and so that's really what piqued my interest.
0: So I guess, tell me when you joined, so I had a couple video game pages and I'm like, this is kind of what I'm shooting for. What, what I think should be on a page. And that would include things like a chart of the playable characters. And it would have either their sprite or their portrait or something like that. So you kind of ran with that on the pages, did similar things. And we're talking like, all right, I want to include the codes. And if there's debug menus, and I feel like you you took that almost to another level with some of these. And we're definitely going to get into that uh, in a little bit with one of your most recent projects. But uh, yeah, the American games, I, I mean, it's not just that they're unique from that perspective, but also from like a documentation perspective. I mean, we have anything that there is it, like, there's no language barrier for those. So for things like you know, GamePro articles and all that stuff, I have that in the press archive. So like you can refer to those and get all those citations in, you can play around in the code and you're just gonna, like, you can see like, it's all available to you. That's, that's really unique for these.
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and also you can jump on, uh, on the website, on, like, their old website's webfoots. Right. Uh, yeah, Yeah. I found uh, something really interesting where there was a press release for The Legacy of Goku, and they talked about their initial idea of having multiple controllable characters, which we know wouldn't happen to The Legacy of Goku, too, but I thought that was, you know, that was pretty interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. So, other than Taiketsu Legacy of Goku, like, so what's your process? So. Y- Let's pretend that there's a game that has no entry yet at all, or maybe it doesn't. It's just like the name and it's, all right, someone else write it. <laughs> what do you, what are you doing? Like, what's your approach for them?
4: Yeah. So basically with my process, I start from uh, a general base page. So uh, I create the basic headers. Uh, so gameplay, story, uh, merchandise info, releases, uh, it just lets me, you know, have a good outline so that when I start researching, uh, I know where to go. Mm -hmm. Uh, from there, uh, and so once I do that, I start looking in different sources. A good source of information is usually, uh, the pages for those games, uh, like the website, official website pages. Uh, A lot of them will have like, uh, information on like price like original pricing, you know, contests and those kind of things. Blog posts that reveal kind of like their process of revealing information to users. And then from that point, I like to go into the game itself and start ripping textures, I guess, textures and sprites and those kind of things to fill up the page and make it look nice. So those can be like portraits of uh the games, uh the game characters, uh stage information. So uh the portraits of the you e- for the stages, uh, and that kind of thing. I guess really my goal of it is to make the page look uh, presentable, look really uh, nice and clean, and have uh, images, because I feel like that, you know, helps tell a story more than just, you know, text.
0: I agree. You know, when I, many, many eons ago, when the Budokai games were first coming out on uh, my old Dazenchu X pages, I would do like the... The character wind poses just like straight down the page to show who the playable characters were and i feel like we've missed right. a little bit of that design element on on list pages and there's only so much we can do on a wiki because it is very table-based very modular as you'll hear us talk about in some other segments but uh I, I feel like we can still bring some color to the page through through that kind of work
4: yeah definitely i definitely agree uh i've been finding so with the dragon Ball Z uh or budokai games uh, i've started creating uh like tabled elements of like the story Mm -hmm. uh, where you have like the portraits on the side and uh, collapsible elements Uh, so i've been playing around with the wiki formatting for a while
0: all right let's get into these games because this is probably (laughs) the most interesting thing so uh, i know a lot of people out there probably watch uh, a youtube series called boundary break you're doing a very similar thing can you tell me about what you've done with uh some of these games and then what you found?
4: One of uh, the features that you have for most uh, games uh, is the ability to manipulate the camera if you know in the code what is manipulating uh, the camera's X, Y, and Z position. That's what's known as a free camera. Right. Uh, and what that allows you to do is move the camera where uh, it probably should not be, uh, especially during cutscenes. scenes. Uh, right. And so, for the Dragon Ball Z uh, Budokai uh, on the PlayStation Two and GameCube, uh, I implemented the free camera to kind of get behind the scenes on how they uh, implement some of those, uh, you know, the cutscenes, such as uh, the intro cutscene that recreates the Dragon Ball Z theme song.
0: All right, let's actually talk about the intros first, because I think my my favorite discovery that you found is that. Uh, what is it, like Frieza standing up on the cliff? It's actually not a cliff. It's just like this, this <laughs> two-inch little divot in the ground.
4: Oh, I love Jack. I love Budokai because, yes, they do that all the time. So it's interesting because they only have one character in the scene, in most scenes at a time, even if there are multiple, the confrontation is happening between multiple people. Yeah, yeah. Um, what they do is they just focus the camera, and if the camera is not focused on you, you're the character is uh not revealed uh and so they play around with camera a lot i think my favorite actually of it was uh how they do the speed lines where such as when goku uh defeats ruku uh they have like the speed line slow motion thing and really what they're doing is they just have a 3d like plane and they drag it along you know the scene to make it seem like it's you know in the show yeah, yeah, they have the speed lines. So it's
0: just like a JPEG of lines on the background that they're just dragging in front
4: of. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really cool. Uh, and then one of the weird things uh, that they have is uh, if the limbs aren't being used currently, mm-hmm. uh, they can be in like any positioned when you zoom out of them. So you find a lot of goofy scenes if you zoom out. Zoom out the camera a little bit. Uh it's it's honestly really fun. So what
0: have you done I guess in terms of openings it's really just going to be the first game because then we get into like 2D new animated intros. So um that first game there. Did you look at any other 3D intros on any other games I'm trying to think I think Super DBZ is a is a pre-rendered video file.
4: Um what else yeah, is the same there? with uh, sagas? I think Dragon yeah, yeah. Ball Z I yeah, Budokai is uh, probably the, the only, only one. one.
0: Take me to the audience stands, because this has been one of the my favorite discoveries so far.
4: Yeah, so that was actually really interesting, because I didn't initially go into it uh, thinking, oh, I'm just going to look for characters in the audience stands. I was actually just uh, playing around with the Boundary Break, getting used to the free, free camera, and then Ken noticed, hey, is that Sanji from <laughs> One Piece in <laughs> the tournament stands? I was like, oh you know that might be so uh that led to me ripping the textures from the tournament stands uh the characters really analyzing what's, you know who was in the stands uh and i found that across all three uh budokai games and uh infinite world uh, they actually have cameos from real from other anime series uh some are more obvious than others uh so in the first game, Sanji and Luffy, Luffy's pretty recognizable from his, uh, from his hat, and yeah, Sanji yeah. has a signature cigarette. Uh, but then, Budokai Two, they introduce uh, Naruto or characters who look very similar to Naruto,
0: <laughs> like they're borderline bootleg versions of those characters.
4: Yeah, so you know because they have the headbands, but like the hair is not yellow; it's orange. But uh-huh.
0: so here's the thing: can you see them at all from normal gameplay? Like, would you ever notice them, or are they almost like too small in that view?
4: So if I don't have the anti-aliasing on and, uh, like there's no upscaling. They, mm-hmm. They're very hard to see. They're very, uh, blurry. I yeah. found it on GameCube, it looks a little bit clear, but not enough for you to like really notice. And one of the things that the game does is that when you do, when you hit a knockout mm-hmm. <laughs> and you get close to stands, you can't pause.
0: Ah, uh, sure.
4: Yeah. Which, you know, I feel like it's not. <laughs> they did that on purpose. Yeah. Yeah.
0: They don't actually want you to uh, look in there.
4: Yeah. So. Uh, it is possible, so I've I've looked around and people have noticed Luffy, uh from the stands, uh, okay. but I hadn't found anybody who noticed Edward Alric uh, in envy <laughs> from Full Metal Alchemist. I actually had a hard time looking. Uh, I know I was in in the chat talking to people like, "Hey, I can't I can't spot them. Is he actually in there?" Because uh, I had ripped the texture and I noticed him in there, but mm-hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me find him in the audience. That's so funny. Uh, but on like a regular TV, I, I'd assume it'd be even harder. You know, I'm Especially on like the Chris CRT. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So
0: That one's really funny because that's not a Shueisha property. <laughs> <So it's> like, <laughs> right,
4: right. I was like, how did they get away with this?
0: And they probably didn't. I mean, that's just the work of developers. Like, ah, I got to draw you know, 20 characters, 20 little blob characters to put in the background. I'm going to throw Sanji in here. I'm going to throw Edward in here. Just... You no, know, because it brightens my day to do so.
4: Right. And then when you jump to Infinite World, it's interesting because all those characters uh, are changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Luffy is, I mean, he has a hat, but they change like the face in the mod, so it's not really Luffy. Naruto <laughs> loses his band. I assume something happened where they needed to change uh, those
0: Uh, Oh, I'd have to look it up. I wonder if that was like when PS2 emulators became a little more readily available and and started working and people were able to see that stuff. That reminds me of something like when the Kenji Yamamoto debacle was going down and on... um, the the american broadcast for kai over here before they replaced the entire score they started replacing just a couple songs and so that was like <laughs> okay so you guys know and this is the equivalent of when they were working on infinite world they're like all right so you guys know you probably shouldn't put those characters in there and they swapped them out
4: right <laughs> and then when you when you reach the sparking uh games the tournament audience is just completely replaced by You know, regular NPCs. Yeah,
0: yeah. So fun. So how are you? Have you even begun? Like, what's going to be your wiki documentation process for these? Is it just going to be like (laughs) random trivia at the bottom of the page? Probably is how else do you do that? Yeah,
4: it's probably how it's going to be a little trivia section. I'll probably put any more information I find on you know, a little extra tidbits, yeah, yeah, in that section. Uh,
0: what else? I mean, you've primarily been doing video game stuff, like like we talked about, just uh, you know, base pages and then starting to expand on them a little bit. Uh, is there any page that we can probably put live soon that you think people should look forward to?
4: Uh, definitely the Budokai and Budokai Two games. Okay. Uh Look out for those. Yeah, I'm getting really close to finishing nice. those.
0: Uh, so I ask everyone this question uh, when they're on too, uh, just kind of like glimpsing around and spying on people. What's something else that you see other people working on, whether it's, you know, just the the conversations we're having or the wiki pages. You're like, oh, man, that's really cool.
4: <laughs> well, so I know JRP's, uh, you know, references to the real world guide is really interesting. I love yeah. looking through that. And uh, I think I actually contributed a little bit to it uh, with. Michael Jackson's glove and Battle of the Gods. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, but that's always fun to look at.
0: Uh, what else you got going on? So y- you were actually just talking the other day. We're going to spoil some of our, not like private discussions, but so you've had some <laughs> really cool threads on Twitter in the past about what you call it, black people in Dragon Ball or black people in Toriyama?
4: Yes, yes. So that was actually one of my, when I first joined Twitter, those were one of my, First threads uh, that I did, which was basically just documenting uh, all instances of, you know, black people or uh, people of color in uh, Kira Torama's works. i mean, initially Dragon Ball that, but I moved on to uh, Dr. Slump and some of his earlier works. And yeah, and so I want to continue working on that, uh, looking I know when I left off, I was looking at uh, Golden Age Animation because Toriyama is a huge fan of that. He's referenced them multiple times and seeing how they portray black people and how that might have affected Akira Toriyama. Uh, and so a unit on Tom and Jerry or MGM would probably be where to go next.
0: I feel like uh, I, w- I want you to revisit all that stuff. I'd love to post them as articles on show at some point. I feel like
4: this is definitely my favorite. That's-
0: such a really important topic that is criminally underlooked and i'd love to give some more exposure to that
4: definitely looking into mr popo was definitely my favorite part of looking into it
0: probably had to be a bit of a nightmare too right
4: (laughs) yeah it was uh, it was a little bit stressful i didn't uh i was scared of you know initially angering people by bringing up you know instances of things that might seem a little uh touchy from toriyama but i actually got uh, some fairly good reception out of that. So,
0: so I, I will try to dig up, maybe you can help me, um, just links to those um, Twitter threads. I, I'd love to link them with this episode too. Like that's what I love about everyone that we've been bringing on the wiki is like, this is the thing that you're doing, but actually everyone has these these other interests and these actually really broad basis of knowledge and expertise. Uh, and I think that that kind of well-rounded fan is exactly what we look for when we are like, can someone please come help us with something? Because knowing just, you know, lists of characters in video games, that's not, sure, that's helpful, but just having, uh, man, I don't know how I want to phrase it. I am I guess I'm just very appreciative, so thank you.
4: <laughs> thank you.
0: All right, so I'm going to leave it there. Uh, Jay, what else you want to plug, let people know what you look forward to, what's going on?
4: I'll just look out for more, uh, you know, video game pages. I'm diving deep in. Uh, into the video games. I kind of want to know what people want to see next uh from the video games
0: yeah that's (laughs) do they want to see the taikatsu page i don't know i kind of don't want to see the taikatsu page but (laughs) all right man well thank you very much i appreciate you joining and uh, i'm gonna have you back on soon
4: okay thank you
0: So we're gonna do another little uh a wiki project check in, but also kinda of like behind the scenes, inside baseball, what's going on, how we do things, why we're we doing things. Uh returning to the show. I can't say returning for the well no, I can say returning for the first time. Terez, welcome back. Hi. And then returning for the I don't know, Heath, hi.
3: I stopped counting.
0: I mean, you were you're were on the podcast before it was even content You so yeah, who's counting? I was. At
3: this point? I was, yep. It was uh, consensue EX, the podcast.
0: That's right. Anyway, hi, all. We're going to talk about wiki stuff uh, and Dragon Ball Super manga specifically. Now, Trez, you actually joined us together here. Uh, you wanted to talk about things. So last time you were on the show, we talked about music uh, and various related things that you've been doing on the wiki. Like the rest of us, I think uh, we all are a bit manic in what we work on, and we, we change what we're working on uh, day-to-day, week-to-week. And so recently you've been going through uh, kind of to our mission of whatever pre-launch we're going to do. We're going to have a page for every episode, page for every chapter. We'll see if that happens. Uh, you're over in the Super Manga right now. Is that right?
2: That's right. And what got me started on it, you know, I was buried deep in that music project and I'm going to go back to it as soon as I can. But, uh, the storyboards for chapter 59 came ah, out the other right. day. Yep. And I was thinking, man, I, I, I want to be able to put these storyboards on the wiki page, but the wiki page doesn't exist yet because we didn't have any Dragon Ball Super chapter pages done because uh, I had been working on the anime and so I was like well I've been putting this project off for too long I'm gonna get started on it and fortunately you guys had several of the guide pages done already and i was able to steal your work uh to get started on that but yeah i totally abandoned my music music project to do this and then i got in discord and i was like hey mike and heath i need all of these title pages and everything and kind of hopefully maybe put a little bit of fire under your ass to get that stuff done (laughs) that you've been putting off the website work. work (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean, that's totally true because I, I mean, I always have things I'm working on, but if anyone asks me for anything, and I, I hope this comes across, I will usually drop whatever I'm doing because I want to help other people uh, do and accomplish what they want to do. So it's like, all right, uh, what do you need? I got to scan this. I got to go check that. And I love running around and
3: <laughs> just whatever it's you need. One of the main reasons that i save so much of my raw work oh yeah to begin with like when i scan things or rip an episode uh take screenshots i just have an entire external hard drive that's just full of all that crap for when people do come to me and hey can i use this and it's like well i know on the website we only have this little tiny picture here's the big one right and so that's always really nice and it saves me a lot of time and headache
0: and for me, it's well. I've been buying V Jump since before Super started. So if it's all right, I need the raw scan of this title page. Well, here it is from 2016. Here's my scan of it from from that time. So uh, I I think we have a lot.
2: Yeah, and I didn't I didn't start buying V Jump until the November 2018 issue, mm-hmm. and I have all of them since then except for. January 2020, which was sold out before I could even pre-order it. Uh, I don't know why that happened. I, I I seem to remember hearing there was some kind of like rare some Yu-Gi-Oh! Of the Yu-Gi-Oh! card. Yeah, I think Yeah, so. yeah. So like I went to pre-order it and it was already gone. I think so that was the, that one. I
0: managed to get it and I, I tweeted you the link or something. And then immediately it was already gone. I felt really bad. Yeah, it
2: was like 15 <laughs> minutes later or something. I, I clicked it and I was like, not available?
0: What? <laughs> <laughs> All the scalpers beat you to it. Yeah. So over on the website proper, I think as you've discovered, as a lot of people have seen, we have individual pages for the Dragon Ball Super Manga going into the 30s. And then it kind of stopped and I got distracted with a million other projects as I tend to do uh, for so the same website. Same thing
3: that happened with the anime. Yeah.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. For the website and for the wiki, uh, and so we're, we're kind of building things back up. And Trez, you're you're starting—I want to say starting over—but you are going from the beginning because we want to have wiki pages, not just regular website pages, for those for all the citations and the you know the the deep links there. Uh, but then you're going to continue forward as well. And like you said, the the recent. Last few chapters uh, have been getting storyboards over on the official Dragon Ball site in Japan. So it's just a, a great time. This is something I think we've been pretty good about, is whenever there's something new that comes out, we're quick to either uh, add it to the respective wiki page or if we need to make that wiki page. Uh, so, for example, something like um Yu, when she was first announced for... I made the page there and added in uh, my V jump scans all as I won't, I'm not going to remember that stuff you know six months from now so I think it's important to do as those new things come out to add them to their pages uh, so you, the the storyboards kind of what got you going there
2: yeah the storyboards got me going because I wanted somewhere to put those pages and yeah. I didn't have anywhere to put them so I started at the beginning and I've been stealing your work but also adding to it I'm adding detailed continuity notes because the super manga and anime are so different.
0: Yeah, I mean I had some things in there. I'd be like, well, this came out, you know, three months after, and it and it varies uh quite a bit from the original and you're like well here's right. <laughs> you know 12 bullet points on how it differs
2: right exactly cuz some people are going to be reading a chapter and they're like oh man i remember this happened in the anime but where did it happen yeah yeah so the continuity notes you know are going to have which episodes everything happened in and i just finished the future trunks arc and that was just all over the place like one episode would have oh, yeah. something from one chapter would have something from this episode and that episode and it would range like across half the arc, you know? Right. So, and I'm also adding little summaries of the interstitial pages from the collective volumes mm-hmm. and just as many notes as I can. The important images, like if there's an image that somebody wants from a chapter, that image... The most important one is going to be on that page, so you can grab it. Yeah, you know stuff like that. Something that you've
0: noticed, I think, going through these uh, is that the size of the pages is not necessarily the same from V Jump to Simulpub to Collected Volume. Uh, yeah, V Jump is quite bigger, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that totally blew my mind. And it's like you mentioned having tweeted about uh, Marin being cut out <laughs> off find the page it. before. Yeah, I seem to remember actually seeing that. Uh It sparked a memory, but it still blew my mind because the Japanese collective volumes are the most cropped yeah, consistently. Yeah. And the Viz simul pub chapters and the Viz collective volumes will often be Wider than the Japanese collected volumes, so
0: yeah, it's crazy. So we're, when we're talking about cropping, we're talking about so think about the size of uh, a regular tanko bone. So the the dimensions, so the width versus the height of that page there. V Jump isn't actually the exact same dimensions. It's a little wider than a tanko bone is. So when you look at the page in V Jump, uh, whether it's toward the binding or toward the outside of the page, there's actually more of the image there. And in some cases, I don't maybe. Maybe I tweeted it from Consensio and not from Vegito EX. And maybe that's why I can't find it. But there's uh, like a little Marin just like almost like blob Maron there on the side of a page. Uh, she gets cropped out in the collected release. But um, there's uh, there is nothing significant, I guess I would say, cropped out there. I, maybe they kind of know as, uh, as Toyota is working on the manga there.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's probably... Not that significant, but still, you know how we get about cropping. Right. <laughs> we
3: want to acknowledge. <laughs> and the same thing happened with the original Dragon Ball series between mm-hmm. Weekly Shonen Jump and going to a collected edition. Um, even if you look back and compare between Kanzenbon and Tonkobon yeah. editions, those vary as well. So it's just, they're not very consistent with their formatting of page size, but it's the print size that they have available and that's what they use unfortunately they don't go through page by page and adjust right right because we would thank them greatly for that (laughs) but it's it's fun tidbits that you get to find like this when you're going through things especially when you're combing through it you know really deep
0: and it's also when you're trying to uh, line them all up in a row or yes. you know, so we have the little tappers. That's why it's really difficult to line up exactly the V jump scan versus the Tunko bone version. Like, Oh, those boxes sort of line up but that box actually goes higher over here and it's a little wider over here. So we, we kind of give up. Like we try a little bit, but <laughs> not
2: too much. So I've currently got two pages open that I'm editing, editing at the same time. Um, and I'm about to catch up to the place where, the guy pages end. So it's going to switch from me stealing you guys' work to you guys stealing my work right. for the website. Um, Sweet. W- which is fine. This is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the world right now, fire
0: everywhere. This is fine.
3: I mean, I can tell you those pages exist. They're just not public and they have no text. I think. Sorry. I- Look. Just have all of the like the main informations there, and yeah, then the yeah. images, and then I have a tag I think under the summary that says, "Hey, Mike might put something here at some point." Winky face. And there's about twenty pages that say that same thing. I,
0: I kept sending you scans to clean. Uh, I guess that's also something. I mean, maybe we can knock a little inside baseball here. We're not a scanlation group, so uh, I don't necessarily know the ins and outs of uh, how they all do it. I know there uh, is a lot of redrawing that happens uh, or has happened in the past, maybe continues to happen. But Heath, as you and I work on cleaning up scans, uh, I mean, the pages, if we jump, they're not weekly shown and jump thin, but they're, they're relatively thin and it's yeah. not pure black and white. It's grayscale on a gray page. Uh, so when we put it up, we do try to have it be pure, black and white and that does involve a lot of working on the levels and then kind of like repainting over the solid black where necessary i think you and i pretty much have it down to a science of knowing what size we're aiming for and what clarity we're looking for
3: yep i typically shoot for a standard size whenever i'm editing and then use use that to scale down as i need but Mm -hmm. i always try to keep the image true to how it was scanned and not really alter anything um like i will Make what should be black, black, remove any dust and scratches, things like that. But I try to keep the original image as close to what it was as possible, but clean it up, make it look a little nicer. Yeah. I'm definitely not redrawing anything.
2: I actually redrew something last night because I tried to clean up some noise with the magic wand and my black lines got a little bit thinner. So I went in and redrew the lines and I think you can't tell that i drew redrew it.
0: I forget which character. I think it was one of Moro's henchmen when I was doing the bio image for him. I don't know if I replaced a leg with one of the other legs just to fit it into the square image that I wanted. But uh-huh. it's like 240 by 240. So it's. That's it's just a bio image, so it doesn't really matter about like the artistic intent on it. Once you get to the right real page, you you see everything there. But uh, there's definitely a little bit of that going on for sure. You're not the only one doing it.
3: A, a little inside baseball. Also, it's a lot easier when you know you're downscaling something. Yeah, yeah. So when you're editing at like 400 DPI, you can go. Yeah, I don't have to be super precise with this because then when you scale it down to a 400 by 600 image, right, right, you can't even tell because it all gets blurred together. So sometimes I don't care as much and edit, you know, as fine detail as I normally would if we were leaving it a super huge image. Yeah, I
2: think we're in the habit though of using uh, higher resolution images on the wiki than you guys have typically used on the website. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like a lot of times I'll I'll steal an image from there and it's just super small. And every now and then I'm I'm okay with that and I'm like the small image is fine. But usually I end up. It's- going and getting the original image.
0: A lot of that is just from the old days of Heath and I working on static Mm -hmm. HTML pages. It was not a responsive design. So we we really had to know exactly how big that was going to be. And um, there was also piracy concerns at the same time as well. Uh, A lot of that, I don't want to say a lot of the piracy concerns have gone away, but now that we're in the age of simul pubs it's like that's the title page Mm -hmm. and viz has the title page on their own site and Shueisha puts the title page right on their news pages as well so it's like us showing that same image that's no longer really a concern for us uh, in that respect, so I, I feel better about some of that stuff. But yeah, on the wiki, I mean, it's it's going to be a more responsive design, so it can appropriately scale. Um, I still want to do some more work on that front as well down the road, and I say me, and it's probably going to be Heath, but it's all right.
3: <laughs> and screen resolutions have just changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we started doing a lot of our web design, it was very fixed width, and so, I mean, you still had screens where people were getting on Internet Explorer at 800 by 600 right and so your page was only s- limited you couldn't put you know a thousand pixel image on your site because it just wasn't possible
0: you couldn't you could do so, it at you know height with 25 percent, but yeah it was, it was gonna slowly draw that image in that and that it would
3: take forever to load and God, i mean we don't have those problems old and men. i've slowly <laughs> over the years gone back and replaced like a lot of the episode screen titles yeah, yeah. and things like that and just Mm -hmm. made them a little bit larger. Right. It just takes time.
0: But yeah, to your, to your point, Teresa, it's, it's, you know, people say, "Oh, content their images are so small." It's like, "Well, that was a conceit of the design at the time." Even when we mm-hmm. did the relaunch in
3: 2012.
0: Oh my God, was that 2012?
3: Yes. Good Lord. Right before Battle of Gods. Yeah.
0: So wow. even at that time, you guys are so old. <laughs> you say that, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a conceit even then uh, of the time. You I know, mean, we've we've never been on. I mean, I love Heath's designs. I've always loved Heath's designs, but I think Heath you'll be the first to admit like we're not in the forefront of web design it's it's it works no.
3: for our purposes yep someday we will change it
2: well every day if it makes you feel better when I'm working on the wiki I think about how nice the main website looks you know oh just good. some well, stuff you. that you're able to do on the website that we are not able to do on the wiki makes me a little bit sad sometimes but whatever <laughs>
3: it's gonna be great it is nice having that control uh where I'm working on a page and also I'm like yeah, I really want to be able to do this. Okay, so I just go change a little bit of code. Now yeah. I can do it. You can't really do that on the wiki, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: you're really forced in. I mean, you you can, but you're still kind of forced into that more modular kind mm-hmm. of wiki design. Well, and it's
3: a little harder too with a wiki because there's so many different types of pages and things that you can work on. That how do you hard code something in? Mm-hmm. And know that it's going to work across the board on every page. Right, right. So you're kind of limited to what you can do there.
0: Is there anything else about the, whether it's the wiki or the the super manga pages or any other projects that you kind of want to get out to people, let them know that we're thinking about, that we're working on?
2: I just want to shout out to our man, the Devil's Corpse, for helping me look over this continuity stuff that I'm doing for the super manga. Cause he's like probably the phantom's best continuity guy. So it's really great to have him around. That's true. I mean, we talk about,
0: uh, and have had on some of the, uh, I don't want to say actual editors, but the, the people that truly are there, you know, working on the text on the pages themselves, but we do have other friends that are helping us out. And, uh, they're as, uh, beneficial as someone like me just plugging away at a page we need someone to bounce those ideas off of get translations from reconfirm look things up for us it's uh, it's such a group effort and i'm truly appreciative for everything well, everyone I, does. I
3: like leaning on everyone's expertise because it's a yeah, lot yeah. easier to do it that way than one of us having to go out and do a bunch more research uh, look into a lot of things real deep when we could just ask somebody that already knows and we trust them, and we know that it's going to be accurate. Yeah. So it makes the workflow go a lot easier too.
2: Yeah, yeah. And a lot of the times, it's not even about trusting people. You know, they just tell you where to find something. You know, right? And then you have a citation, so you're not even trusting them. You're just stealing their expertise, so you don't have to spend the time doing the research.
0: Yeah, it's, I'm working on this. In the meantime, can someone just go find whatever chapter this happens in, and then you know, just saves a bunch of time. Oh, for sure. Cool. Keith, what are you working on?
3: Uh lately I've been focusing on the movie guide and ah, then also right. on the wiki. So I've been going through a lot of that. Um doing a real deep dive on uh DBZ movie seven. I was
0: gonna say, let's so talk about been, that a little bit. That sure I mean previous versions of the websites have had you know the individual pages for the movie guides mm-hmm. and they've kinda come and gone. And are still gone for many of those movies. Yep. Uh, people ha- still continue to add. There was one recently. It's like I can't click on movie twelve. What's wrong? It's like oh, because the page isn't live. It's it's not that you know something's broken in the code. Um, so you've been working on getting the movie seven page up there, and it's more comprehensive than any version that's ever been on one of our previous sites. Uh, and maybe tries this ties into some of your music stuff too. But the uh, we have the the dates and the locations of when the Kikuchi music was recorded for the movies that's being documented now. I love that stuff.
3: Yeah, it's been really fascinating to go through a lot of it. And at some point, who knows when, I'd like to go back and do it for all the other movies. Yeah. Um, And I've kind of, while I've been doing this, compiling things for the previous pages that we already have, and then we'll hopefully incorporate it moving forward into the rest of them. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, just going through character design, settings, um, any backstories we can find, incorporating all the music, the credits, uh, summary and synopsis, looking at the characters, any interviews we have, going back to the old Kansen type pages, Daisenshu EX pages, any tidbits we can throw in from there, doing comparisons, tying it in with all the other releases, looking at Blu ray, DVD, any manga. Mm-hmm. I just, anything that ties into it, I've kind of been lumping it all together. So I'm trying to turn each movie guide page into a one-stop shop sort of thing. Right now we have a lot of it covered, but they're across sections all over the site. So you'd have to click and go find them. So even pulling in a lot of like Toriyama designs and things like that into the page itself. Yeah. yeah. You can still go find it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But then it'll also be there so you can just see it. And I think
0: that speaks to a little bit of the difference between what a movie page on the website is versus what a movie page on the wiki is and i've used Mm -hmm. this phrase before where we want things on the website to be a little bit more of a curated kind of guided tour through that material where we can really control the formatting as well so like you said we can show the character designs and do a little you know shadow box um you know linking to them something like that uh we do some of this in the wiki too like providing in the production section quotes and interviews and links and all that but the the translations are on the main website so it's I don't want to say it's easier to link to it there because it's just a matter of adding a link. But uh, that kind of stuff just feels a little more seamless on the the main website itself.
2: I was about to say that I, I felt like it was the opposite. Like I oh, felt yeah? like we were going into more detail on the movie pages than you guys were on the website guy pages. So well, I think he's going to show everyone up right now on this one. <laughs> Didn't Joe recently do the movie seven page? I think so. So, yeah, we're going to have
0: to combine
3: <laughs> some of that information. <laughs> And to be honest, I haven't even looked at the wiki page yet. I've just this is I've been working on this for I wanna say like four four to six months somewhere in there, off and on. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were about to say
0: years. So (laughs) it's been four years (laughs) since I started this one page.
3: We have many projects that are we can say I was gonna say, we can say that for some of the pages. (laughs) I'm pretty sure
2: even I can say this and I haven't been at it as long as you guys have. I
3: have some projects that are years in years of long thinking. for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've I've written notes out of like, hey, I was working on this and it's more a note so that I remember in a year or two or three that right. this is a thing that exists and I need to come back to it. <laughs> I have honestly stumbled across pages that we <laughs> Me too. are that are not public <laughs> and I totally forgot they even existed. I'm like, I should probably finish this page because it's missing like three images. Or right. Right. Or a sentence. I'm like, why did I never do this? <laughs> I was just like, I didn't
0: even know this existed. Heath, did you make this? No? Wait, I made this? I don't remember that.
3: Yeah.
2: I have some wiki pages like that. And, you know, Mike keeps bugging us to have some stuff ready to go public, you know. And I have so many pages that are just on the brink of being able to go public. And I'm like, no, 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 not yet. (laughs) I have to, like, give it a little bit of time to chill in the refrigerator and then go back to it and make sure it's perfect before you can make it live. I know. That's the problem that we've always run into on the site where we'll have
0: section, entire sections that'll be 98% done. It's like, well, it's not quite ready to put up. Why would we do that? And I feel like I've I've eased up on that a little bit over time or I'll split it up into parts uh, mm-hmm. like the, 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 fusion, the fan fusion designs, which I still need to uh, write part two of, but I'll get to it. But I mean we'll also incorporate that stuff into the wiki too. So I mean it's I love it. I love everything that we're doing. I, I say this every time, but uh I love everyone. I love everyone's work. It's all good.
3: I just love that you know, years ago the discussion, you know, back in twenty ten was gosh, we're gonna run out of material and what are we gonna do? And at this point, I mean there is so much stuff to cover. I I don't want a new I, series. <laughs> I don't I don't see this thing ending for well, at least what we're doing, ending for a very long time. Um, and a new series would probably kill us all.
0: There's always something to do. I mean, you think about every little video game special attack. I mean, uh, sure, the goal is to eventually have pages for all that stuff. Uh, realistically, we probably never will, but when you think about it at that level, uh, it gets overwhelming. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff we try not to think about, but yeah, there's there's a never ending rabbit hole of things we can do
2: yeah i'm just glad that we're getting this super manga project done because it's one of the big ones you know it's one of the fundamental yeah uh, parts of the wiki that just absolutely have to be done and it's, we haven't had a single chapter and all these green links all over the wiki <laughs> right. for super manga pages have well, just been really weighing on me
3: dragon ball super manga page in general let alone chapter pages we yeah, still don't
2: we still haven't made that page <laughs> Yeah, <The only> super <laughs> i've just been page making chapter pages
3: forever. was the listing page with all the chapters yeah, yeah right
2: as of today that list is halfway done so That's yay for awesome. us
0: yay <laughs> well the nice thing is as you get closer to uh the current arc uh all those character names are are going to be active links so that's
2: helpful <laughs> yes thank you mike for making those pages because i have no idea who these people are <laughs> i have fun working on that stuff i'm uh, like I, who i have some you are talking about a character all day in the in the discord server <laughs> i'm like who, who the hell are you talking about i have no idea
3: it's mike's new character that he made up <laughs> yes that's right the
0: original character do not steal is canon uh yeah. All right. That's that's all good. Uh, anything else? I mean, we could probably just keep talking about projects and various
2: things. Like, we could, but it's not that interesting. I mean, I think it is. And I mean, it is, it is,
0: but... Uh, just while I have you all, uh, Heath, so you talked about doing movie stuff, Trez, other than um, super mangas or uh, just whether it's a music thing you're working on, any other just fun little things that you enjoy or you want people to look forward to eventually?
2: Well, once I get The Super Manga Dine, there are a few little side pages I've been looking at making while I've been working on that. And I'm going to do a few things like that and maybe get the angels and other God pages ready to go, like I said I was going to. And then I'm going to go back to music. I love the music
0: stuff. I definitely want to share one of those at some point. Just the listing of all the scenes it was used in and the compositional analysis. I mean, it's all so good.
3: It's so weird because the more I've been Working on the movie page, the more like I've done deep dives into the music and how so many things just tie into each other. It's it's been astounding. I've never known so much about Dragon Ball Z music.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. Always well, well, one thing there. that I did before I got into the super manga is I went back. And I've done this before, but I did it again. I went back to Driving a Ball, Episode 1, and started working on the Kikuchi catalog. Yes, yes. And uh, I had to make a couple of decisions about how I'm going to do things, so I allowed myself to get distracted by the Supermanga. Yeah, yep. Um, so that's good, and I'll, I'll eventually go back and get on that again, because it is a humongous project, and I kind of want to get Sumitomo done before I head into that. And all I've done for Sumitomo is the Kai episode pages. So I have to do super. I have to do the movies. I have to do the Sumitomo catalog. In the meantime, I have to work on Sumitomo track pages. And hopefully get a bunch of those done. But I know I'm not going to get all of those done before I go to Kikuchi.
3: That is quite the undertaking.
2: I've always
0: said the idea is you want to get a couple of those ideal ones done. And it's probably not going to be anyone else that will work on them. But at least for yourself, you can refer back to them and say, all right, this is what I wanted. At at that time, two years ago, this is what I told myself the ideal version of this page would be. It's good to work from that way.
3: It's always good to have a goal. Yeah. And I just like to challenge myself.
0: I just like spying on what everyone's working on. It's so much fun.
3: You do that a lot. I love the random texts of, ooh, I see you're working on this. It's like, leave me alone. <laughs> he he
2: never does that with me. I don't think he cares about anything that I'm working on. I read it all. I love it. I'm
3: constantly reading. He just on the recent changes to the wiki and just like scrolls through. I just
0: F5 that shit all day long.
2: <laughs> like, Ken will be working on Steven. I love Ken. Ken is great and he does so much work. And Mike will be like, oh, that's so great, kid. I love what you're doing. And he does that, like, all the time. He never does that with my work.
3: He doesn't like... motivate you to try to win his approval. Oh, is that what it is? Yes. That's what he does. Well, I say. in your brain.
0: Right here, right now, I appreciate it, and I read all of it, and I love it all.
3: I don't
2: believe you. All right.
0: Well.
4: <laughs> uh, fair enough. All right. Well,
0: I'm going to call it there because
3: this is <laughs>
0: It's hitting me and my soul right here. All right, Trezzy, thank you very much. I love you, Mike. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. You're a good boss. I love all of you. Thank you. All right. I love you too, Heath. Stopping and saving here. Thank you, everyone. (laughs) Thank you to Stacy, Jay, Therese, and of course Heath for making the time chatting with us here on the podcast about what everyone has been working on. Uh, What do we have for you on the website proper right now? Well, we get a few things. We are keeping up with Toyotaro's drawings on the official Japanese Dragon Ball website, the uh, Toyotaro Druid ongoing column. Last month he was severely delayed in getting up his drawing, but he was right on time alongside V-Jump this month. So uh, he drew Colonel Silver. And all he really has to say about him is that he thinks all the red ribbon people are pretty cool. So we gave a little extra tidbit to go along there. Uh, Just something about silver and white. So check out the news post there. And of course we have a a full archive page, every single drawing and a translation of every single comment that Toyotaro has done since that column launched. Then keeping up on a little bit of the news. So uh, speaking of Dragon Ball Super Manga, volume 12 just recently came out in Japan that had a two page bonus chapter in there. Uh, not actually something from like the jump victory carnival volumes, uh, but similar to volume 10, which had a two page bonus story about Cranberry. This was a two page bonus story, uh, about Frieza and what the hell he is doing during this current story arc. So go ahead and check out that post, a little review of what happens in there. Uh, speaking of the super manga, they are getting, uh, digital color editions of it over in Japan. So we got a little news post and some sample images there. Uh, This is coming out digitally over there. First three volumes just hit, and then they're going to go individually from there on out. Uh, Every time something like that comes out, people immediately ask us, is Viz going to do this? We are not Viz, and we have absolutely no idea if Viz is going to release something like that, whether it be in print or digitally. Uh, Please direct all questions to Viz. We, of course, have uh, your support for, if it exists, we want to see a legitimate English translation and release of it. Uh, Never mind this, but also the continuation of the regular full-color editions of the Dragon Ball manga. Uh, We would love to see all of that. So uh, feel free to tag us, but direct your questions over to Viz for something like that. We lend our axe to your cause. Other than that, it's just kind of general housekeeping. Uh, As I'm talking right now, this month's VJump just hit Japanese shelves, so we'll catch up on some of the stuff in there, some of the news bits there. Uh, Stay tuned to the website. Other than that, I mean, we had a full episode for you here. Uh, I hope to join you again soon for uh, some more regular topics and and more of these wiki check-ins as well. Uh, I will be publishing the Amond page, Page, I think alongside this. So, um, you know, wherever it is that you listen, uh, check out the actual website, Kan uh, you know, Zenshu is not a podcast. Zenshu is not a forum. Uh, KonZenshu is a website that has all of these different things. The, the actual website itself is the central location and it, it is the main entity. So go check out the main website, the uh, every post for every episode has the respective links that uh, accompany the talking points there. So I'll link the I'm on the page as that's live. I will link some of Jay's Twitter threads and some of the other things we talked about there in uh, the various segments. So that being said, www.kanzenshu.com, that is Kanzenshu.com, for all the fine folks we had on this episode and for Julian as well, uh, working behind the scenes on stuff. I hope to grab him again from Japan and give an update on what. Going on over there with him, uh, hopefully, relatively soon. For all these folks, I am Mike. Thank you for joining us this episode. We will see you again soon. Stay good, stay safe, stay healthy. Uh, talk to you then. Bye.